This is Clinton and my core classics. I am uh, running Rise of the Rune Lords along with four intrepid adventurers. We have GM Jeff. I feel a song coming on. <sighs> no, it's just gas. We also have Connor. Today is a good day to find enlightenment. We have Aiden. Hey, what's up? And we have Nathan. That's me. And we are here to have a grand adventure. You guys ready? Sure. I'm actually right. glad the... you asked because I got some errands I got to run. Like, right okay. Now. Let's do that. The enthusiasm here in the studio is amazing. Not ready, but I guess we can't help it. <laughs> so last week, we uh, had a little goblin commando attack, and you saved a local notable, Aldern Foxglove, uh, a noble local personality. And an NPC and, with uh, a name, which means he has money and rewards for us, right? Shake he does. Down. In fact, he offered them to you as a reward for saving him. Oh. He's staying uh, down at the Rusty Dragon, a, a local adventuring tavern, as a way to thank you for defeating, helping to defeat the goblins. Oh, so he doesn't live here on the map with this house? No, there's. He, you don't know that. Oh. But it, it sounds like he's staying at the inn. Oh, okay. I go knock on the door. Uh, where? Right here. We're out front of this big house. Oh, that big house? Yes. That big house is not Aldern Fuxlips. I know. He just happened to be passing by at this time. Exactly. He was heading to the White Deer. Brother Davros is I... concerned about the locals that they may not know that the uh, <clears throat> a clergy and several brave heroes might have saved them from a goblin attack and want to make sure everyone's okay Whoa. and, you know, that the uh, the right names are dropped for further donations and such, but, uh, you know. I see. So as you go to knock on the house, uh, the, the person inside said, go away, there's a goblin attack. A true man of the Lord. <laughs> Goddess. The Goddess. lady, right? Lady yeah. of the Lord. Wait. Oh, la la <laughs> what? what? <laughs> All is well, good townsfolk, come forth. So as the goblin threat passes and sanity returns to the, to the town of Sandpoint, the people come out and they, they, they thank you profusely as you pass by. Word spreads very quickly through the locals that uh, you are now becoming household knowledge, unless you take care to hide your name. Don't hide my name, but it's more of a, you know, oh, it's all, you know, it's all Sarah and Ray, that type of thing. If they ask my name, I'll give it, but otherwise it's, uh -huh. you know, blessings of Sarah and Ray are upon this house, and, you know, that kind of thing. Push the religion. So you deflect it towards your greater power. Yes, but I won't say, oh, I'm just a humble traveler. Oh, my name isn't important. Sure, I'll, I'll drop my name, but I'll still give the pitch, you know. You're doing the goddess's work. That's right. The goddess saved you today for the low, low price of... Wow. Lip service. Okay. Today uh, we get off if, of lip service. <laughs> if it's worth anything, I'm going to go make an effort to try to forget Reeton's name. Like, make sure nobody knows his name. Like, if people ask, you know, what's up, Gary? But like, yeah, you know, me, Uller, uh, Brother Davros, Sir Braskin, and uh, the other guy. Uh, yeah, it was it was, it was really brave great. of us, wasn't it? He recaps the name and suddenly changes the dwarfs. <laughs> So it gets lost to obscure. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I think his name was Twinkletoes. Twinkletoes. Something like that. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, you know, everywhere you go in town, locals welcome you. A simple walk down Main Street might result in the local baker, Alma Averton, charging out to press a fresh baked loaf of bread into your arms, you know, with worried comments that you, you must be starving. You know, a, a visit to the Hagfish, a drinking establishment in the down by the wharfs, brings an immediate round of cheers, applause, and round of drinks in the house, and likely a challenge to drink from Nora's tank. And you need to go there to check out Nora. 
It's a famous establishment. It's one of Sandpoint's most popular taverns, especially among the fishermen and gamblers. It's also Sandpoint's best bet for a good old-fashioned seafood meal. It's owned by a gregarious one-legged man named Jargy Quinn. The hagfish gets its name from the large glass aquarium that sits behind the bar, the home of a repellent Varician hagfish that Jargy affectionately calls Nora, despite the fact that he's had Nora replaced dozens of times. Uh, the Varician hagfish don't live all that long in Quinn's aquarium. Yeah, there's, there's old Nora. <laughs> Hanging from a nail next to Nora's tank is a leather pouch bulging with coins. Prize money for anyone who can drink down a single tankard of water scooped from Nora's tank. Oh my God, it, that looks like an eel that you get information and interrogation from Star Trek or something. That is That's nasty. Exactly right. It's a hagfish. That looks, looks very good. Yeah. It costs a silver coin to try, but the trick is that since she's a hagfish, the water in Norse tank is thick and horrifically slimy and foul-tasting. Few can stomach the stuff, but those who do get to keep however many coins have accumulated in the pouch and then get to carve their names into the ceiling beam above the bar. To date, there are only 28 names carved there, and the hagfish has been in business for nearly 10 years. But there's certainly more to this tavern than Nora. Jargi's game tables are always well-attended, with games ranging from cards to checkers to dice to darts. Tall tales are a favorite pastime here with one popular game called Yarning, involving seeing how long a local can string along an impromptu fable without contradicting himself. The most popular subject of these tales is traditionally Old Murder Maw, a legendary giant red snapper that might or might not dwell in the depths of the Varisian Gulf. Jargi himself is quite an accomplished yarner, with the ever-changing story of how he lost his leg being his favorite starting point for his tales. So that's one of the local establishments, the Hagfish. Any interest in actually going down there? Uh, or do you go straight to the Rusty Dragon, which is here? I believe we were invited by the no good nobleman to go to the Rusty Dragon. That's correct. And I would, I, I would be remiss... And I would feel like I would dishonor him if I did not show up and take advantage of his free drinks. Any other takers? Sounds good. So the brother agrees to go with you. What about Uller? Honestly, what I'm thinking right now is I just need like a nice tea and maybe a nice fresh caught fish dinner or something like that. And if the Rusty Dragon can accommodate and my allies are going there, I think that's a win-win. All right. And then lastly, Aiden, Vraskin, what does he want to do? I guess he'll probably, he'll follow along, but find like a quieter corner in the tavern just to post up and start reading again. Just get to a quiet place where you can read in peace. Okay. Well, when you wander the streets, as you're passing through, people just come up to you and want to shake your hand and people offer you uh, free things and give you like a, a fr fr fresh baked loaf of bread or a really pretty girl, red hair. Uh, which character has the highest charisma? <laughs> Probably not me. <laughs> uh, let me check what my charisma Probably is. Probably me. Eight. I'm at 16. <laughs> I think Damn Brother it. Davros is probably the top contender. Probably, yeah. Let's take a look here. His ability scores are 14 charisma. Would you agree with that? Sure. It not. is 14 on the roll 20 sheet. Everything on there should be good except for the spells. Okay. And so. I'm at 16 charisma. So. Oh, you're at 16. Okay. Yeah, but it's I a mean, creepy I, 16. A <laughs> so a really pretty redhead with a very low-cut bodice approaches you, and she uh, shyly gives you some flowers and then runs off giggling. She's, a, she's in her 
early 20s, but still acting kind of young. There's a Shayless Vinder is her name. Wow. For those of you who are home, this is a beautiful woman. Yes. I would have a gal, pale redhead. <laughs> With a very low cut bodies. If you like slutty redheads, she's perfect. They're my favorite. So you, you wander through the streets and you're well received. Unless you don't tell people, they, they come up to you and they say, what is your name, great hero? We saw what you did there at the town center and it was amazing and you guys are wonderful heroes. All right, so you, you arrive at the Rusty Dragon. Yes. Now, um, this bro- large structure is Sandpoint's oldest inn, notable for the impressive and quite rusty iron dragon that looms on the building's roof, doubling as a lightning rod and decoration. Owned and operated for the past six years by the lovely and popular Amiko Kaijitsu. She's also on our list. Uh, what time of day is it? Approaching evening. So it just is now getting to be dusk. Okay. So Amiko Kaijitsu, she runs the, the Rusty Dragon, and it is not only one of the town's most popular eateries, made so in large part by the spicy and exotic food served here. It's a lot of Asian cuisine, but also a great place to meet visitors from out of town, since most newcomers to Sandpoint come upon this inn first, as the northern stretch of the Lost Coast Road is less traveled. It certainly doesn't hurt that Amiko's beauty is more than matched by her skill at music, and few are the evenings that pass without at least two or three songs being performed by the talented woman. Some bad blood exists between Amiko and Sirdak, Sirdak Dracus being the uh, leader of the Sandpoint Theater. So there's some bad blood between them, and one never seems to miss a chance to badmouth the other, but no one in town really understands the reason behind the rivalry. Of greater concern to Amiko is her long-running feud with her family leaving town to become an adventurer scandalized her family enough. But when she retired from adventuring a year later after a disastrous mission, the nature of which she never speaks of, she returned to Sandpoint and brought, bought and renovated the Rusty Dragon, an act that only further scandalized and shamed her father. Her father runs the uh, the Sandpoint Glassworks, one of the most successful businesses in town. Amika claims to not care about her father's opinions of her choices, but becomes evasive when anyone asks her why she gave up the adventuring life. Some believe she has a secret lover in town, while others theorize that something happened on her last adventure that took the bravery out of her. In any event, the Rusty Dragon is probably the most adventurer-friendly establishment in town and is ubiquitous help-wanted board near the bar and Amiko's policy of discounting rooms for any who tell exciting adventure stories. So those things make it very popular. All right, so you enter a lively inn. There's another out-of-town bard playing in the corner over here by the fireplace, just strumming softly on his lyre. And we've got a number of patrons and some wenches and a, a cook in the back, a halfling woman here. Okay, so good old Aldrin is, is with us, yes, because I put him in yeah, here. Yeah, Aldrin Fox lives at, here at the bar. He's chatting it up mix. with uh, Amiko. Awesome. Did you ever throw out the uh, Amiko Kaijutsu image? There she is. Sassy. Yeah. Oh, I like her. Yep, she's uh With olive skin and a very X-Men rogue-looking sort of white stripe that parts on her bangs. Right, and she's got kind of an open-shouldered, uh, red-quilted, uh, leather-like armor. Yep, cool sneak tattoo on the arm. It's a basket hilt sword. Oh, what's that banjo she's got? The Asian three-string. Gosh, I, I don't even know what that thing's called, but it's... Uh, a sitar, I think. Oh. A sitar, a mandolin. Yatar? Uh, no. You play it with a comb. See the wedge that's jammed in there? Yeah. Very chan cha. Yeah, it's a caillou word. or something. I can't remember the name of it. Sorry. But that's what she's carrying it's... on her back. So she's, welcome, adventures. Hey, these are the heroes of Sandpoint walking into my bar. Welcome. 
Oh shucks. I raise a hand and I say, hi. Hi. This uh, brings all the attention to you as all eyes turn and cheer goes out. And she says, drinks on me. Aldern says, no, drinks are on me. She says, okay. <laughs> and then Aldern points down some, some sucker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Amiko quickly grabs it up, slips it behind the bar and brings out, uh, what are you guys having? Well, what kind of ale do we have? We have local, we have Magnamarian, we've even got a Corvosan brew that's just been imported this week. Oh, well, I'll try some of that Corvosan brew. It's strong. Don't worry, I'm pretty hearty. You are a dwarf. What am I saying? Yes. Of course. Yes. That's profiling. But yes. Brother Davros, really? <laughs> profiling? <laughs> oh, funny. Well, saunter up to the bar or, or have a seat wherever you'd like. Are you all together? Uber doesn't have control of his miniature, but he would like to ski oh, dazzle yeah. onto the bar. Controlled by Clinton Score Classics. That's funny. I got it. <laughs> hey, look at that. Anybody else have any issues? Hey, Oler, you want to have that drinking competition now? Yes. <laughs> uh, is there a quieter corner of the bar? Maybe over at the north end, there's a quiet seat with a book near it by the fireplace. Definitely heading up there. Okay. And then Brother Davros? I will join the mainstream. Actually, I'll stay with the nobleman. He's buying, so. Yeah, you want to talk to him? Well, I'll, if the gentleman's buying drinks, I'm not going to ignore him, so I'll stay, you know, at his side and receive the hospitality, as it were, if you know what I mean. I continue ignoring the nobleman. Okay. He uh, he says, ah, it, yes, adventurers, wonderful, wonderful to meet you, Brother Davros. Yes, yes. Hello, greetings, greetings. Good to see you again. Mr. Reeton, is it? That's my name. Greetings, and he shakes your hand vig vigorously. We, we followed you Wonderful here. work out there. Wonderful work. <laughs> we followed um, you here. Well, he kind of took off ahead, and you guys got kind of waylaid by the rest of the crowd of the town as oh, they right. stopped you right, and, and, and right. Sorry, shook your okay. hand. And So it's been like, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes gotcha. before you got down here. And okay. he's just reaffirming, and he goes, oh, that's your, your names again, right? Right? So was that Oler? Was that what it was? But out a low, satisfied grunt. <sighs> He offers his hand. I shake it. He's glad about that. But he uh, quickly makes a beeline for Vraskin, and he sits down on the bench next to him. And he says, Mr. Vraskin, I have much to ask you. You are an obviously powerful wielder of magic and might. How does one attain such things? Please tell me. And he sits down, his hand on his chin, and leans forward it very attentively. <laughs> Strength comes from training the body. Power comes from training the mind. You train both equally, you're unstoppable. He says, amazing. Such words of wisdom. And the rest of the evening goes kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> Him fawning oh, over the sorcerer who gets his power through gosh. blood, neither mind nor body. Oh, this guy is going to be our new meal ticket, I'm telling you. So gullible. <laughs> so he's very interested in what Vraskin has to say. And he asks questions relating to, you know, where, where did you come from? I guess we can ask that question. Where did you come from? From the land up north. Where north? What village? I'm not at liberty to disclose that. A man of mystery. Hmm. Is that part of your power too? No. It just no. doesn't exist anymore. Oh, well, that's, that's a very sad tale. Someday I hope you can trust me enough to tell me. I'm, I, I'm very curious about your upbringing and what brings you to Sandpoint, Brother Dad. I'm looking for more power. Sitting at the bar. More strength. More power, more strength, Aldrin says. Okay, I see. Well, we, we're going to need it here if we are suffering goblin attacks. And there's even, I, I hear tale of giants in the woods. 
Uh, it's not safe for travelers today. We need heroes just like you to save innocent people like myself. You know, we, we need help from danger. I think people like you are the ones to do it. Amico comes over. Uh, Reeton and Oler, you were interested in having a uh, drinking contest? I'm interested in having a drinking contest. As long as it's All on right. the house. And it is on the house all night long. All right. So in general, a character can consume a number of alcoholic beverages equal to one plus his double his constitution modifier before being sickened for one hour equal to the number of drinks above this maximum. So it really just comes down to who has the higher constitution. Probably going to be the barbarian. You know, Maybe. call it a hunch. <clears throat> we don't have to roll or anything? No, there's... According to the rules as written, no. Alcohol okay. is a function of constitution. So I think my constitution just... is 15. All right. So you can have 31 drinks before sickened. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> what does uh, Oler have? I got a 13. My mod's only a 1. I do have the mm -hmm. endurance feed, if that means anything to you. Unfortunately, not for alcohol. Yeah, I figured not. So you have to drink 27. It's close. For the rest of the evening, you're slamming them back, one it after each other. Do Oler's given Reeton a pretty good one for one, but it's at the very, very end when the 30th drink comes out that Oler's like, I'm, I'm done. Pass yeah. the bartender the keys to your horse. That's responsible. <laughs> the, the lead to the horse. <laughs> so, Brother Davros, any words of wisdom from the, the good cleric? about What does Serenary think about drinking? Well... Obviously, there's sanctimonious wine and such. Uh, right now, though, I choose to stay sober, so I'll have the courtesy drinks that are that are purchased by the nobleman type of thing. But I sip at them, and uh -huh. you know, they ask for more. I still hold up. Oh, I still have a half one kind of thing. Like I keep it slow going. Uh, becoming intoxicated okay. does not interest this half elf today. Uh, stay one seat away from the other two. So I'm around the corner of the bar there. And then in the back yep. by the fireplace, we have our sorcerer talking to a very enamored nobleman, right? He's very enamored with Vraska nobleman. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he wants he's, to take you he, home. He really is asking a lot of questions, you know, like yeah. uh, when you transform your hands, what does that feel like? Do you feel powerful or, or does it hurt? Neither, really. Almost a tingly sensation. Tingles. Amazing. How you do this. Can you show me? Uh, not tonight. I am too worn out, but possibly another oh. time. Of course, of course. Tell me you have a headache. That usually works. <laughs> he really doesn't want, he doesn't really talk about himself. He asks mainly questions about you. I'm starting to get kind of a creepy okay. vibe from this guy. I think I do want to keep an eye on him. Yeah. yeah keep, take okay. note of his interest in our sorcerer. He seems well, a little bit too interested. That's what I'm he, thinking. He, I'm not getting really... the usual, oh, wow, dark arts. How exciting. Let's do parlor tricks and, you know, take the mummy's corpse and everyone, whoo behind the curtain and the, you know that kind of noble thing he seems a little creepy interested to me hmm. better watch my drink tonight yeah you know wake up in the morning a sorcerer's got no hands <laughs> <laughs> all right he uh mentions that he will be returning to his townhouse in magnamar in a few days but he's hoping to go on a boar hunt in the nearby tickwood forest and would really like Vraskin and his companions to come along I think he just wants to be in the alone in the woods with Vraskin. Yeah. This <laughs> is getting all kinds of creepy. Oh, look, Sir Vraskin, there's some magic stuff over here in the bushes all I, alone with I me. saw Game of Thrones. <laughs> this this world is HBO. You go on a boar hunt and there's some moron you know spiking your drink and next thing you know, 
you know, they they give everything to Sean Bean, and Sean Bean always dies like in every movie. This is not going to go well for Raskin. I'm telling you. Damn it! I wish I took detect poison. <laughs> <laughs> so Raskin, do you decline the offer? Uh, no. I'll take him up on it as long as my companions want to. Oh, yes, they, they can come too, he says. Uh, of course. Oh, hell's no. Well, it, it was a less of a question of if they could come with and <laughs> more of do they want to come with? Uh-huh. Because I'm so, not going without them. So you well, kind of look up to the other three and ask them? Uh, no, I'll, I'll tell them you can go ask them. Oh, 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 sure. And he turns and says, uh, 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 Reeton and uh, Brother Davros and, and Oler, uh, I have a question of you. I, I, I'm going into, uh, a, I'm having a boar hunt in the nearby Tickwood, and I would love it if all of you come and attend with me. I will be going via horseback, but if you don't have a horse, I would gladly buy each one of you a horse. Mm, I'm not very would... fond of horses. Uh, alas, Saren Ray forbids hunting for sport. Only necessity, food of the land, that sort of thing. I must decline. I will donate the boar for a feast here at the tavern for everyone to partake in. I will attend, if only not to tend to anyone becoming accidentally injured. Ah, oh, yes. excellent. Thank you. Yes, your, dear, your ministering no, would no, be dear, well I'm, received. I'm not breaking any tenants. It's, it's fine, dear. Just... Yeah, yes, yes, sorry. Um, he looks at you quizzically. Uh, sorry, mm -hmm. something caught my attention to my left shoulder. Yes, began muttering to himself and then, oh, yes, sorry, apologize. Um, yes, if uh, the gentleman wished, then I can go along to be, in case anyone is injured, but I do not wish to partake in the actual hunt itself. As you wish. Uller? I gotta say, I don't think that unnecessary slaughter is really something that I had in mind for this trip. You know, it's one thing if somebody's in danger, but this sounds like more poaching than anything else. Amako pipes up and says, eh, no, you're doing us all a favor. Those things are menaces. We hear about farmers and woodsmen getting ma mauled by these things all the time. So if you can thin them, it it's a good idea. I mean, there's also fire pelt cougars there and the rare giant ticks. So if you guys are pretty competent, if you can clear some of that stuff out while you're out there, that'd be great. Really do us, city folk, a big favor. All right, time in. If only so, to clear the paths. Yeah, there's a big bubble up here over a, a Taiku's head that's like, accept mission, yes, no. <laughs> accept mission, side yes, quest, no. Side quest, side <laughs> quest. <laughs> oh, okay. Exactly. Well, over the I'm, course of the... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty well liquored up, so I'll pretty much agree to anything right now. <laughs> yeah, where's the more? Yeah. He leans into Alder anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miss Kaijutsu, since you put it that way, uh, we'd be happy to help, I'm sure. Oh, that would be great. So he's, uh, so uh, Alder no. says... No, darling, I tomorrow. Didn't... I didn't accept Tomorrow, just because then? the pretty girl asked me. I she had a valid point, darling. I what? Sorry. Oh, good. We're uh, back to that bit. I was hoping we'd see that one again. Are we? <laughs> Aldrin looks a little confused at Brother Davros, and he says, "Well, does uh, I? I would like to go in the morning. Would that be okay with you?" I might be nursing a hangover, so could we maybe start the next morning? Uh, I do have business in Magnamar coming soon. He does some, it looks like he's rolls his eyes up a little bit and he's looking around and doing calculations. Yes, I suppose two days time. Very well. Good. I shall meet you then. And so he uh, seems satisfied with uh, the conversation so far and uh, bids all of you good night. Night. And uh, so what do the rest of you want to do? Uh, I'd like to start gathering information on this guy. 
actually, okay. <laughs> starting with the sure. bartender, you know, just okay. start subtly inquiring around the tavern. And since we have a day as we go about our next day, I'll, you know, drop the time, the D4 hours or whatever here and there. But I'll stretch it out, like, just so that I kind of have a, a decent feel or answer or warnings. Oh, he owns a abandoned cabin deep in the woods. He has his own property there. Yes. Takes people up there all the time. And then they leave town forever. <laughs> you know, that's the type of thing I don't want to hear. You know. <laughs> Okay, so you spend the next die four hours just canvassing people at the local taverns, markets, and gathering places. And you're asking about information on common known facts and rumors for this guy, Aldern Foxglove. If he leaves or goes to bed and someone's leaning in going, oh, you don't want to throw in with him, you know, like I'll poke for those questions. But, uh, you know, the big telling uh, investigation will begin tomorrow. Okay. But tonight, just a quick five minute, have you heard of this guy? What's the deal with that guy? Uh, Amika goes, you know, she's cleaning her, uh, the classic towel in the glass. Aldern? Oh, no, that guy. He, he's got a family manor way down the coast to the south, about 25, 30 miles south of here. But that place burned down long before Aldern was a thing. So his family's been around the local area for a long time. Uh, Aldern himself, he's he's harmless. I've never seen him harm a fly. So... It's strange that he's showing interest in the dark arts, but, you know, she looks around. Having a little bit of knowledge of everything is a good thing. The more Kaijutsu speaks, like, at length and comes closer, Mm -hmm. Brother Davros becomes notably nervous, constantly shooting glances to his one side as if checking for something. And as soon as she's done talking, he thanks her and then quickly gets up from his chair and, and moves off somewhere, muttering to himself. She's, like, looking at him as she trails off. Okay. I thank her. She, I let her finish and thank her. But as soon as she's yeah. done, you know, still uh, uh-huh. as if the chair beside me is giving me a look of death, off I go. He goes, you know, okay. Head off to the restroom or something, mum, mum, looking down. And mum, the outhouse. Mum, so. Yes. <laughs> it was a harmless, harmless question, darling. That's it. No, it's fine. Just, I I'm see. I'm not interested in her. Yeah. Off he goes. Uh, there are communal outhouses around. Okay. Find a tree uh, or a... <laughs> okay uh well in that case instead of using the bathroom as an excuse to get away from the pretty young lady then i'll just you know i actually go talk uh-huh. to the sorcerer okay uh, can't people see i'm trying to read <laughs> oh uh don't let me deserve you i just no that, that, was, that was out of character you're good <laughs> okay what what is the book that Vraskin wants to read how to win trends and influence people. How <laughs> <laughs> to trance and control Ouch, people. that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Nice. Ouch. <laughs> Rise I'm going to need some eyes for that burn. Nah, th- at the moment, he's uh, he's reading a book on some of the past kings of the, the land of the Lenorm kings and their oh. feats and whatnot. So... Oh, okay. So kind of like a, you know, exactly what it is, uh, like a history book with some notable leaders of the Grand, Great North. Yeah. And okay. in okay. his pouch, he also has one on some of the history of Varicia. So. Okay. Claws are beautiful. Perfect. Paint your nails by number. Right. <laughs> well, after the evening gets going and your dinner has been consumed and it was a wonderful curry, uh, there's a little, like, nice baked fish that uh, Reeton wanted. Yes. Now have the half-orc and the dwarf, are they ribbing each other endlessly and mercilessly? 
I'm uh, no. I'm proposing some sort of pub crawl, in fact. Pub crawl. <laughs> uh, speaking my language. Did I hear the word proposal? Do you need a priest? I offer great rates for marriages and oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, we are uh, merely bonding over our shared love of alcohol and killing goblins and killing goblins. I didn't really enjoy that part. In fact, I tried to go out of my way to not kill them. But that's right. You know, whatever you got to say to get yourself through the day. Miko says, you don't like killing goblins? She kind of looks at you weird. Not necessarily. Oh, Surely I they love can't... it when they die. All oh, those horrible little things. I want to interrupt and say that I like killing goblins, and this guy made it so that I wasn't able to kill a goblin, and that what? really upset me. Yeah. yeah she, she looks at him. I gave him to the sheriffs for further interrogation, hoping we could learn something from it. What we learned is goblins are dumb. Very, very dumb. <laughs> we they already usually, knew that. usually have a real thing about fire. Like we fire. already knew that they were stupid. Yes, and now we confirmed it. Go Don't team. underestimate them, though, Amiko says. I've met a couple, and they were very devious. They can be really – they can sneak into places that you would never expect them, like oven. I found one in my oven. What the hell is it hiding in my oven for? Dumbass. I mean, Someone said it was the hottest place in town. The, oh, that's that, you're funny. <laughs> But in that moment, the door opens and in walks Sheriff Hemlock. And he looks around the room and he sees the four of you and he makes a beeline over for you. I must speak with you. Why? We have a problem. Would you uh, please follow me? Uh, this, I, is, this is the Shanti guy? This is the Shawanti. The Shawanti? Uh, Very large yeah. man, dark, dusky skin, bald. Yes. Mean to manner. Yes. Yeah, very stern. Very stern. That's him. Okay. Yep. I guess I'll go with you, but I might need some help walking. Hmm. I was laugh, hoping laugh, that laugh. you would be clearer of thought. <laughs> the dwarf broke we the law. In the need, law. We might need your help. If you uh, follow me, I can explain late, in a moment. Uh, all right. All right. So he gathers all of you up unless someone says no. And I don't hear that. So he grabs you up and he starts walking to the north again, back to the chapel. He says, um, Father Xantis sought me out, and he says that uh, someone seems to have broken into one of the sepulchers in the boneyard. Also, the goblins said that their leader was a, a longshank and led a, an expedition there. Oh. So we want to find out what's going on. A longshank okay. leading a group of goblins? That sounds atypical. Trouble. Well, and troubling, too. So why doesn't the city guard take care of this? We've already dealt with your goblin problem. I've noticed that you are more competent than my guard. They're well, that seems fair. not as skilled as you are. They're, quote, warriors, and you guys are classed <laughs> and seemingly willing to help. And you're new, so you don't have any preconceived notions. So during the walk up, he thanks you again for your aid during the goblin assault and asks some additional questions. He wants to find more out about you, like what are your plans for the future are? So what brings you to Sunpoint and what are your purpose here? I'm just here to, uh, I mean, I guess help protect the town, but mainly I was here because my city was destroyed by giants. So here helping out, but. So you are you here know, to he help us. I came to see the, the great cathedral. Yes. I am a scholar of faith. Everything just sort of happened after that. Is it your intention to make this your home? It's uh, my intention to make it my home. Oh, excellent. We accept. But what about the rest of you? What are your intentions? 
Very similarly, I came here from Belskin because there was rumor of giant raids coming through, and I thought uh, somebody who's a little more equipped to handle that sort of thing, it would be the best idea to come by and see what so- uh, what services they could provide. All right, very good. And you, Dark One? Mm. To eventually rule over this land and the lands to the east. He looks at you, rule? Uh, Mayor Devron already, if you want to run for election, you, you certainly are free to. Something telling me this guy might not be the good alignment. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm right, not I'm going to be, be a tyrant because eventually <laughs> I plan on uniting the lands of the Lenorm Kings and then eventually expanding, hopefully peacefully, but if necessary, with force throughout Varicia, uh, Irisin, um, <laughs> eventually the whole of the Bellskin, the realm of the Mammoth Lords. <laughs> and probably stop before the world wound because uh, I don't want to deal with demons. Wow. They're a pain in the ass. You, you've really thought out so your after entire life, tirade, haven't you? <laughs> after that little tirade, Bellor with raised eyebrows and wide eyes. Well, I'm glad you're on our team and uh, continues to walk. He's, uh, for the most part, happy for most of you, but he's still very nervous about this dark one. So, satisfied with that, you finally reach the cathedral at the north end of town. I guess we can go to that map. You enter in and you can see the uh, grand walls and the central area in the middle where there's these standing stones. But he takes you out the back, down here at the back entrance, into the boneyard. And Father Xantis is there to meet you. Oh, Thank you very much for coming and seeing us here today. Uh, Sheriff Hemlock, we've got a problem. Out here in the back, there's uh, been some disturbances. I would sure like it if you uh, checked it all out. Sheriff Hemlock, of course, no problem. Please wait here, he says. Father Santos, wait here. And then he asks you guys to aid him in investigating the scene. I guess we'll go now to the vault. Uh, You said earlier it's dusk and now we're talking about dark? Yes, it is now well into darkness. Okay. I would like to cast a light spell on my shield. Okay. So I can see. (laughs) Uh, Is it a pure white light or is it like this colored yellow like the sun? It's a golden Golden sunlight. Yeah, bright yellowish. Okay. So your shield glows like a lantern. Like a diamond. I will be doing the same thing with my staff. Okay. So quick word or two of magic and light appears. The vault in question is a 20-foot square stone structure that stands near the wall. Used to house the remains of previous caretakers, priests, and acolytes who served at the cathedral, the stone door does indeed hang ajar. The ground around the place is churned up as well. Can I get some perception checks? You guys can go ahead and roll them. So the first to roll is Vraskin, who rolls a 9. Uller rolls a 19. Plus, I got dark vision, if it matters. No, this is to notice something. <laughs> three! Uh, Brother Devers has a three. I rolled a two. And so. Nathan, well, finishes with a seven. Yeah. So only Oler notices that many of the footprints are goblin prints, but some of them appear to have been left by a larger humanoid. If you want further information, a survival check is necessary. I would like to walk up to those footprints, and then I will do a survival check. So I got a 21 on my survival check. Okay, so you discover that about six goblins and one medium humanoid climbed the wall, then approached and entered the vault, and then late later left. I call the sheriff over and I give him my thoughts. Was the sheriff still with us? Yeah, he's he's there in the background. 
I do that. You beckon him over and he comes. And I say, uh, look look at these footsteps. And I point out some patterns that are very obviously one coupling of each. I repeat this a couple of times. And I say, you see these tiny ones? Obviously, these are the goblins. But look at these pair over here. This is either a goblin who's gone through puberty one too many times, or we're looking at a full-fledged person. Yes, it seems that way. I wonder what it is that they did here. Uh, stole stuff from the vault? I point at the dwarf and I'm like, he's, he's probably right, you know. Hmm. Well, let's investigate. I'd like to follow these tracks into the crypt. I'll get to about as far as here, and I'll be like, is it all right if I enter? Yeah, uh, please. So by opening the door, something appears as I work this interface. There we go. And they rush out and attack. So let's get, uh, I would say that neither of us are surprised, so it's just going to be turn one. So we have a combat. Looks to be two skeletal figures reaching ah, skeletons. out of the darkness. The only thing I'm good at rolling. The one I rolled was 18.01. Yeah. And then I got to look up my creatures here. I'm a little behind. You should do some squats. Ha, <laughs> funny. Man, how am I single? <laughs> how are you? So one of the skeletons got 18. The other got a 19. Damn. And then, what did you end up getting? Was that a 12? A 12. 12.01. The 01's just in case there's a tie. It'll differentiate who's got the higher decks to yeah. oh, the, okay. uh, the higher initiative mod to settle ties. There we go. Oh, uh, this is still the same day, right? I believe so, yeah. Yes, yeah. This is damn it. Uh, it's probably <laughs> approximately 8 p.m., 8, 8 to 8.30 okay. p.m. No, I just need to know if I get my claws back or not. I don't. So, so yeah. the, the first creature to react is this skeleton, and it charges forward to attack you. As you open the door, and it reach, just rushes for you before you can even react, and uh, does a quick attack with a looks to be a claw, and it does so pretty clumsily. AC of three? No, that does not hit. <laughs> <laughs> so it just claws at you, and you easily defend your, uh, you know, use your martial arts to defend yourself quite easily from its clumsy attack. Reeton, you respond ah, quickly. I'm gonna rush forward. All right. So I'm gonna draw my weapon and then rush forward. But I can't attack because I used my draw weapon. It's I'm not sure how lenient our DM would be. You could consider that a charge. Get plus two to hit at the cost of minus two AC for a round. If you want to do that. Well, okay. If you have a BAB at plus ones, that means that you can draw while moving. Although oh. moving, you can't charge through friendly squares. You would have to move around Sheriff. You can't charge through him, unfortunately. Would that work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would work. Okay. Yeah, that works perfectly. Then I will just draw my weapon and move up towards the skeleton. Perfect. Is there a battle cry that I hear, or are you silent in your work? I'm silent and kind of stumbling because I'm still drunk. Okay, so a bit of drool comes out of the mouth, and do you hit? AC 12 for nine points of damage if you connect, but unfortunately, the skeleton with a shield blocks you. Ah. Doesn't have any weapons, just a shield. Both of them have shields. And some ratty armor. Looks to be rotten leather or something. I wish All I would have right. known about this before I got drunk. Yeah. The other skeleton, quick to move, charges forward to attack. Again, terrible. Rakes at you at an AC of 13, Oler. That does not connect. Okay, so you defend against it. Okay, great. 
Brother Davros. Skeletons? So all we can see and hear this all happening? Uh, yeah. Uh, as soon as Uller opens the door, he is assaulted by what looked to be skeletal-like hands mm. scratching at him. And he's he's blocking them with his arms and defensive maneuvers very, very easily. Reeton rushed forward, brushing aside Sheriff Hemlock and clumsily with his axe. He's not very accurate with an axe, you Urgrosh. You're wondering if he really knows how to use it. And he, he he's, again, misses, just like he did with the goblins. I would like to make a knowledge religion check for free okay. for information on this particular type of undead. I'll take a 30-foot move and move towards my allies. Sure. When you roll your pers- your knowledge religion check, I have a DC based off their hit dice. And then for every five points that you exceed the check by, I give you a piece of information in addition to their full data on their type. So you can see clearly the skeleton here. Remembering my training, Brother Davros Knowledge Religion 12. Okay, so this is DC, and this is a common creature, so I'm going to go normally DC 10, but plus one for the hit dice, so DC 11. So you beat it by one, so you get one bit of information in addition to the fact that this is, in fact, a medium undead. Okay. What kind of information are you interested in? A bit of defense, a bit of offense, something about its statistics? A weakness. A weakness. Something they succumb to. They well, uh, positive energy, but they are vulnerable to bludgeoning weapons. Ah, they are known to be quite defensive and tough to hit with piercing and slashing. Okay. Does Brother Davros share this information? Yes, I'll be. Well, first I got to think it right. So come running yeah. up to aid. Try to remember my training. This is what he gives me in my head for twelve. Yep. So yes, smash them with a blunt edge, gentlemen. Their bones are brittle, but resist stabs and slashes. And instead of drawing my scimitar, which I can't really do anyway, at the end of my movement, when I confront them, I place my hand right over my shirt, grab the chain of my holy symbol, and hold my shield aloft in its light, and command them. By Saren raised light through this darkness, be gone! And I'd like to channel positive energy directly at them to harm them. All right. Using my turning feet. Perfect. Does he share? Did he, did you share that positive energy hurts them as well? Uh, no. Well, he's. About I'm to. showing you. <laughs> oh. Okay. But I did say you know whack and smack it, don't cut it and poke it. Yeah. Correct. There's only you know there's only so much uh, in the three six seconds, which is. Anyway. Oh, remember, like in a comic book, we you know you can speak for a whole frame. Hmm. Speak, speak uh, of a so book. Standard <laughs> action, channel positive energy, all undead within 30 feet of me to possibly flee as if panicked. Uh, the undead get a will save to get, negate the effect. My DC is 13. All right. So we're looking at a will save. Okay. So will plus two. Yeah. You can either damage them or you can cause them to flee. Yeah. No, I just want them to back off. They got 19s for both. And your DC was lower than that, right? Come on, guys. Saren Ray, you know, hold, hold the shield up now in two hands and wave in the air like it's a fake sun. You know, you've heard of them? No? Heard of her? Very powerful guys. They don't seem to pay any <laughs> attention care. to you. Oh, shit. <laughs> nope, don't care. Okay. Uller. No, darling, I, I did it right. I did the prayer exactly right. No, it's not the time, darling. Put my shield back on. What the hell? I'm done. <laughs> Uller is going to take a full round action to do a flurry of blows against this undead atrocity standing in front of him. Okay. First attack is a 16. Does that hit? AC of 16, it does. You reach around and contact bone on hand. 10 damage. 10 damage destroys it immediately. I would like to use my other flurry attack on the other one. Okay. Uh, Bones fly as you 
martial arts strike it with a an elbow and it just destroys the whole thing crumpling to the ground of bones flying everywhere but here's the real question uh-huh. does it make a xylophone sound a xylophone sound yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for doing four points over its max, yes. Oh, wonderful. The wonderful. other one misses. I threw an eight at the other one. I take it that doesn't hit. No. It blocks it with a shield. Vraskin, you're up. What do you do? I am going to cast Detect Magic towards okay. the shed. All right. So this is a concentration spell. Even though you cast it as a standard action, you have to maintain concentration, and it's up to a minute per level. The first round of concentration allows you to know whether there is the presence or absence of magical auras within the area, and the area is a cone-shaped 60-foot range. So kind of point in which direction you want to detect. It'll be pretty much like straight this way. Okay, I see what you're doing. All right, so up to 60 feet away. uh, Stone has been known to block it, thick wood, Uh, most metals about an inch thick or lead of any kind will block and you know all these things yeah okay so you do detect magic in the area okay that's all i can tell you right now that is the end of round one gentlemen we are now into round two the skeleton that was destroyed is no longer a factor reeton i'm gonna move forward and try to attack this last one. See if right. I can actually hit something. Oh, Mark yeah. is on your side. AC of 21. Is that a threat? Hang on. What's the sheriff doing? Um, the right. sheriff, he is uh, going to uh, move around and make sure that there's nothing coming at you from the other side of the area. So he's going to do a hustle. <laughs> sheriff, guard here. my back. It looks like he's evaluating how competent you guys are and what your powers can be. So he's watching you carefully. Reeton, uh, does that threaten? Uh, I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. I think maybe your Urgrush is uh, times two, and then you have to roll a natural 20. Is that right? Sure. Oh, almost <laughs> certainly. I can confident either. Do you know I'll, how to check? I'll double check this now. I'm almost positive that is what it is. Yeah, probably. It is a 20 crit times three multiplier. Oh, okay. okay. So only on a natural 20 will you threaten. Okay. But does not enough damage to completely, well, actually, it does only four points. But that's enough to destroy the creature. Good. You knew it should have just really cleaved into it hard. Mm -hmm. But because of its nature and makeup, uh, slashing weapons do five points less. Ah. Urgoshes can be piercing or slashing. Both equally useless against them, yes. All right. I told you, stop using those. All of the skeletons in your view have been defeated and destroyed. Brother Davros, what do you wish to do? I will bravely head straight into the structure to make sure it is clear. All right. Going inside. And sorry, draw my scimitar and then head inside. Ah, you draw your scimitar. (laughs) Well, the holy symbol wasn't doing so good. So yeah, draw scimitar as a move action, move inside. The vault interior turns up two things of interest. First, there's like a discarded robe lying in the corner. And secondly, and more disturbing, is the fact that a sarcophagus of some religious figure has been opened and the interior is emptied. Is this the demolished rubble uh, on the south side of the map, the bottom? Yes. So what's at the back there? I wave them in. Yeah. If nothing's going to jump out and attack us like immediately, then I'm going to try to defy the gods and kill the turn tracker and wave them in and, you know, head in and investigate what's at the back here. Yep. That's fine. Ah, uh, but I'm afraid you're going to tell Vraskin. me next week? I would like to tell Vraskin the results of his detect magic if you'd like to continue. Uh, yes, I would. All right. Now you can determine as the second round the number of different magical auras and the power of the most potent aura. 
in this case, there's only one, and it is faint magic. But what the results of that and what really is magical, we'll, we'll find out next time on Clinton's Core Classics. And thanks for everyone for playing. Hopefully everyone had a great time. Did everyone have a great time? Yeah. Yes, we were victorious. Okay, great guy. <laughs> good good, good, good job, change guys. in the voice, eh? We were victorious.